What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Alternative Blacks podcast, episode three of season three. On tonight's show, we'll be discussing the humanity of sports. We'll take a look at several instances across different sports that highlight the human nature of sports and when it is highlighted and when it is pushed away. We'll explore how athletes are often seen as mere machines and how it's important to remember that they are human beings. Join my co-host Chris Kissinger and I as we dive into the thought-provoking topic while enjoying a delicious craft beer. As always, we with our podcasts and the AB brand aim to highlight the lack of diversity in craft brewers and bring more diversity to the craft beer community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Alternative Blacks Pod, where we share exciting news and go live every other Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And to help support the show, become a subscriber on our Patreon. Patreon. Link in the bio. But first, beer. That's right. What are we drinking today? So today we have a cartel brewing and blending company. Mm, I didn't sounds know, illegal. I, I forgot that there was blending involved. Yeah, what is the blending? I don't know, because they do beer, not whiskey, so I don't know. But uh, this is The Pines, which is a West Coast IPA. West Side. Coming in at 6.3% ABV. Oh, that's my height. You'll get piney notes because it's a West Coast IPA called The Pines. <laughs> that's literally what happened. I was like, oh, it's a West Coast. It should be piney. What is it called? The Pines. All right, cool. What do you Ab- think? Absolutely. And... Uh, it is piney, but it's not like overly sticky piney that you might think. Um, definitely West Coast. Uh, the seal on this uh, crowler was actually not fantastic, so it was leaking a little bit, and that might that might uh, have contributed to. It's a, it's a touch flat. I was gonna say it's like light and, and flat, a little too light. Yep. So I think I think some air got into it. Unfortunately. Because cartel stuff is really good. I've enjoyed everything I've ever had from them. Um, and they did that collab beer with Lancaster Brewing. The Pliny one. The, yeah, the, the Pliny, uh, the Respect Your Elders mm-hmm. with the Pliny labeling. Yeah. And that was really good. It was. So, And that's also a West Coast IPA. So I figured this one would kind of be in that same vein. So a little disappointing, but I think it was the Crowler. Yeah, so when we rate this, we should err on the side of a positive review, I guess. Uh, I see what you did there. Because the air got it. Because the air. <laughs> what would you give this beer? So we know my average was sitting around like 3.5. I'll, I'll give it a solid 4. Because I think if it was sealed properly, this would have really hit all the marks of a West Coast style IPM. Um, yeah, it's just it's hard to go higher than a 4 without really having been able to explore it. I agree. Um, I think potentially if this were fresher, which is what we're kind of assuming, I would have probably given it a 4.25. I would probably go for a 3.75 on this right now. So I guess we're... 3.75. We're 3... But but we round up, right? (laughs) So we round up to a 4. So now let's dive into the article by Scott Fitzsimmons, Fitzsimmons, published on Bleacher Report in 2009, titled Sports, Humanity's Greatest Creation. That's right, Todd. (laughs) (laughs) A little pause. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, the article talks about how sports has become similar to religion in a way and permeates society and can unify or divide people. 
And one of the points Fitzsimmons brings up is that people tend to dislike sports because they're perceived as violent. But as Fitzsimmons points out, that's not the only reason. Another reason is that some people feel that players are paid too much money to play a game. Right. And Fitzsimmons also knows that there's uh, that these types of people also dislike actors for the same reason, or at least they should. <laughs> but what's important to remember is that sports are just a game and players are human beings. They deserve the respect and privacy just like anyone else. Absolutely. Fitzsimmons talks about how sports can give people a sense of unity and belonging, but when people aren't fair, aren't sportsmanlike, or need to win at all costs, it can ruin the experience for many. Yeah, and it's important to remember the golden rule, treat others how you would want to be treated, uh, and that's something we've seen play out in real-life situations like the Mouse Palace <laughs> game in the NBA in 2004. <laughs> right, that game saw a brawl between players and fans. And it was a prime example of how things can get out of hand when people lose sight of the humanity of sports. Remember that sports are important, but they're not important enough to cross that line and start treating participants as less than human. And it's not just about the players, but also the fans. Fitzsimmons concludes that the article... Concludes the article by saying that he we should treat the game and its participants with respect and keep the experience fun and enjoyable. That means you, Philly. And that's something that we should all keep in mind as we follow and, and enjoy sports. What's wrong with Philly? <laughs> you guys are the worst. Says the guy who literally lives in Philly. Yeah, I'm not a Philly sports fan outside of like... The Phillies. The Phillies. <laughs> and how, Gritty. How, mo how much more Philly can you get than the Phillies <laughs> and Gritty? That's that's true. So gritty I, is the I most like, quintessential. I think you're a closeted Philly <laughs> I'm fan. I'm a closeted Phillies fan. All right. Uh, we got some discussion questions that we can jump in just to kind of like view this uh, topic a little more. So what are some of the positive, negative aspects of sports? Well, I, I think the positive of being a lifelong sports fan, um, I don't know. It's just something about the excitement. You never know what's going to happen in terms of watching a sport. But, you know, when, when you're playing it more so for me, uh, it, it's just the teamwork, the camaraderie, <laughs> the competitiveness, the uh, the only time that I actually like condone trash talking <laughs> like i don't trash talk at all ever right but in, like with my friends playing a sport i do but not against random people i don't trash talk it's right. only with my it's friends only us so which is weird and i don't know why that is but it just like that's the fun that's the that's part of the fun i guess with your friends uh, being competitive it's funny like we put together highlight videos of ourselves playing basketball like back in middle school and high school and I'm, <laughs> we sure did. i'm thinking about these recordings and i have never heard you trash talk in that maybe like a come on or like get up but i know i particularly talked a you lot you talked so much <laughs> shit in in that video <laughs> Like it was every, it, as soon as the camera came on, you were the camera whore. Well, I Immediately, like, just look, just look <laughs> at it. Yeah, red light means go. <laughs> yeah. Was a good one. What was it? Hey. Oh, and then we had like intros. Like we we did the whole nine yards. Oh yeah, and that was all because we just like we were trying to copy the the highlight videos off of YouTube of you know some 
and one basketball players or but that's try the, doing football. These are the positive things about the sport. It, it yeah. was a fun way to bring us all together. You know, we weren't doing stupid stuff. We were just doing stupid stuff on a court. Um, and I, I think that when you play a sport, I think it was one of the best things to help get ready for like a career or anything like that. Cause you played with people that you loved, but also had to figure out like, how do I play with people that get on my last nerve? And it took me a little longer to do that. Yeah. Who got on your last nerve? Let's talk about it. Let's unpack this. I don't have a list. Like it's like Santa Claus. That thing would just keep going. Um, but the negative aspect of sports too is the people that like, try hearts. Try hearts. <laughs> try hearts. They can become in what, a, in what way though? Because what, what becomes a fun pickup game versus just like oh maybe you're playing on a small court and your heel hits the half court line and someone's going to really call a back court in that. So basket. people are taking it way, way too, too serious. seriously. Yeah. Like with no context, just way too serious. Way too serious. Yeah. And I think that translates over to sports fans who this are is, at a game that they're not playing. The, or probably really never played at any decent level. Right. And they're just screaming at the, screaming at the players. You suck. Your family sucks. Your mom sucks. Probably, maybe even throwing things at at them, which well, is go, normally what happens. Yeah. Well, to go further with the uh, malice at the palace, the brawl oh, with yeah. um, what's Meta World Peace's actual name? Ron Artest. Ron Artest, um, <laughs> where the the fan threw a beer from the stands and hit him and really ignited. Yeah. Everything. And he wasn't even doing anything. He was just chilling he on the was, score he table. Was on the score table. Now, granted, like he he didn't start the fight. Too. No, but he Big Ben. Big Ben started the fight. There's something about Big Bens. Yeah, they're awful. They're they're terrible. They're terrible. Well, Ben Wallace apparent. I uh, I was listening to a podcast. Slight tangent. Listen to a podcast. <laughs> this is and meta. I for, I forget who it was. I think it might have been either Dwight Howard or uh one one of one of these like just now getting two old NBA players, but he was young playing mm -hmm. with Ben Wallace in a locker room and Ben Wallace was just like past his prime and just fucking off and not really caring and they were losing and he got pissed off at that. And but so maybe maybe Ben Wallace isn't the prime example of a great person, maybe. Mm -hmm. But something about Ben Wallace Ben Big Ben's man. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> but uh he started the fight. Ron Artus kind of didn't want to get into it. Well, his then, therapist like was teaching him ways how to handle. Like he had a huge anger issue, and he was trying to figure out how to get his mental like state a little better. And right. It was like go and chill out. So that's and what so he did. Literally did it. Right. And by all accounts, the referees, coaches, and bench players got that altercation. It was settling down. It was coming down. And then the fans in the stands had to get into it. And it what went from just something that was maybe slightly more escalated than a normal altercation in a game where you wouldn't even think about it mm -hmm. after the season was over turned into this big change the course of the league's history in terms of how they handle things event by 
Ron Artest and uh, Stephen Jackson going up into the stands and, and whooping some ass. And then there's like it's fun you to see watch. the you see the the cut of like the guy next to the guy who actually threw the beer, <laughs> and he's the one who got hit. <laughs> the guy that actually threw it. Just like... He kind of like turned away and got away. Yeah, you know, like when you do something. When you do something, but then like you just play it off, and the people who run away get in trouble. Yeah, that's insane. Um, but moving forward, what are some moments that maybe you or I can input as well that we were treated or felt like not as human as an athlete? Football versus Pottsville. Mm. In Pottsville. God. Uh, Pottsville is a coal town in Pennsylvania. And as you might expect, a bunch of dark-skinned kids going up there to play a football game might not be uh, treated the best. Probably and, were uh, confused. They were looking at you guys, oh, we don't really do mining anymore. How do they have that complexion? <laughs> they God were just confused. <laughs> <laughs> they were confused and scared. And racist. And racist and angry that we were playing football against... Football's a white man sport. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so it's up in the mountains, right? And the field is kind of sitting down in the, it's not a valley, I guess, I mean, but you know, it's well down. Be, yeah. and, the parking lot, so you come up, the parking lot's all the way at the top of the hill. Sort of like the pit. At the top of the grandstand, yeah. And the locker rooms are up there. So you have to walk downhill in your cleats on blacktop, which isn't safe at all anyway and then as you start getting down towards the grass to get onto the field they have it roped off and all the fans are just like both sides like like almost like a riot and they're just yelling things and lots of lots of uh racial slurs n-words throwing left and right not the n-words yeah all the n all the n-words <laughs> Every single N word you could think of. We had like Nantucket. We had <laughs> <laughs> Nanogram. <laughs> I don't had, think I have enough beer for this yeah. episode. <laughs> I think we had Nigeria. Something close to that. Yeah, something or, or something like that. Some some uh, some former derivative of that word, and uh, that that's like the first thing I think of when I think of less than human is more of a, a sense of the, the racial component. Um, but the crazy thing is it doesn't even need to go that far. It can be even less less than that, um, where where players, you know, where you'll see fans where you're like, oh, a player is hurt, and it doesn't seem serious because it's not a visually uh, terrible-looking injury yet. Mm-hmm. Players are like, well, I, they, he should have went out there. They're getting paid all this money. They need to just go out there and risk, like, the rest of their lives, the mm-hmm. health for the rest of their lives, uh, to play this game, which is only meaningful in the sense that it makes money for uh, billionaires. Yeah. And it can set the players up for the rest of their lives uh, with these salaries. But then you have, like, the conflict there of they need to preserve themselves so that they can keep making money. And who are you to tell them how they need to, you know, 
live their lives to make their money. Well, interestingly enough, you know, as we were recording this, I think this morning I had seen some of those maybe yesterday where RG3 had tweeted about uh, what uh, Lamar Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Right. And he goes like having come into a pos- this same position with a brace too early. This ended up being a career changing moment. Thank God I'm still in this league, but I completely understand his position you need to pay that man also like so true because you know at at friend group we have two uh two big redskins well no they're not the redskins the washington football team get it right no no, they're the commanders now fuck you're right i'm so far behind i ain't calling them redskins get the 2022 23 newsletter (laughs) oh i'm sorry (laughs) next year they'll be the generals or something (laughs) Every year, a new name. Yeah, I like that. Well, they just I'd came be out. That. They just came out with that uh, hog. That hog. Oh my god! What is it? Tutty or Tutty? Yeah, General. T- <laughs> General, General Tutty. Tutty. <laughs> <laughs> they unveiled him in a game where they, in fact, did not score a Tutty, which was the <laughs> the irony of it. And they're getting sued by the actual hogs, who were the linemen from like their Super Bowl year. Were called the hogs. That's what the hog came from. But the hogs were going. Uh, so they sue just want their the money. Hog. Yeah, it's a it's a whole mess. And that guy Dan Snyder needs to just sell the team to Jay Z already. True. But uh, yeah. What, what were we talking about? <laughs> um, moments that you weren't treated as human. So we were talking about Lamar Jackson and RG three talking about like that's injuries. Right. Yeah, that's right. Because RG three goes out and plays in a playoff game when he shouldn't have, mm-hmm. and. Injures it worse than if he would have just not played. He was never the same. Mm-hmm. He loses out on a whole boatload of money because of it, and his career is vastly shortened. He's Probably supposed to be a, he's supposed to be a franchise player. He ends should, up having to be at different teams. Yeah. You know, like the whole. He probably would. He would still probably be like commanders. a veteran guy on the team with the in hogs. The league. Maybe with the hogs. With Tuddy. Yeah. <laughs> with yes, yes, with Tuddy. Teddy the general hog. <laughs> He's generally a hog. Uh, <laughs> he generally does not score tutties, though. Yeah, they hog the touchdowns <laughs> by not giving them out. Um, I really, I, I'm trying to like think back to all the sports that I played, and maybe um, it's kind of shielded from from some of it in some capacity. I I think one. I can think of one instance where I was just uncomfortable being part of a sport and it's obviously tennis, you know, uh, being inner city and Reading and going to the suburbs and playing in these indoor courts with this, in this club um, and being in the clubhouse and the locker rooms and stuff like that. There was just always this like sense of we needed to behave more because, you know, we had these old, Old naked white guys walking around, really. Uh, that was always the scary thing. Um, but what is, it, what is that? About clubhouses and people just walking around in the locker room naked where there's children. Is children! It a, is it a generational thing? It has to be. But like I, now I'm thinking about that. Where like I'm in high school and some of us are in middle school and there's these naked old men in, in this locker room. Hold up. <laughs> oh, I need Did therapy. We, just, we unlocked a core memory here. Tyler is broken, uh, but I, I that that would be the big one. Like I don't feel like going to any tennis courts that you know cops have checked in. Like why are you on this tennis court or something like that? Yeah, Even I basketball courts, like we but can like, go anywhere. You know what though? You know what though? 
but baseball like think about that that's something we both played yeah do you remember like just the feeling of going to play literally anywhere else especially tournaments and stuff like that it's um i i tried blocking the other teams out and like the other fans out so yeah. I, I, I mean, like, generally, generally the kids, and I think that's something for youth sports in general. It's yeah. like generally the kids, the are, kids fine. are fine. It's, it's the parents. And that's what I just tried to block out. So I don't, I specifically don't remember anything in baseball. I remember the culture of like, here's the Berkshire baseball club that you're paying. It's like, uh, like tennis or it's something. The, uh, right? What's the Where's basketball the league? The, the league that like Lonnie played and everything like that while he was in high school and like beforehand. It's it's that league. Oh, um, a league or whatever. Yeah, yeah. A A A-A-U. A-A-U, yeah. There it is. A U has that kind of like persona where there's all this money that you put in and it's like the standard of how you have to be an ex- next athlete, right? Yeah. Like you need to be traveling, doing this. This is the only way you're going to get as good. You need and the money before and that was that. harder for like inner city kids to do, yeah. black kids to do, uh, people of color to like buy into that and it's becoming a little more accessible because now we know the formula as well right um so what you're saying but that so, was baseball like when i did fall ball which you didn't get a chance to ever really yeah, do yeah i never did fall ball because i was an idiot playing football destroying my body <laughs> but you know whatever but like fall ball that was the that was the culture it was like we were walking into these like tournaments and like everyone's tailgating and like we're just coming in like my dad running through half the city to pick up half the like team right 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 no no real band to pull up with you know and which was like our summer leagues were like that too, though. Yeah. Same same thing. So at least I experienced that summer league, which wasn't the tournament aspect. Because right, that's where the money teams is, right? at yeah. one point. Uh, but it was like you didn't expect Reading to come out of like a Berkshire baseball tournament and like no. be winning it. But like we took home like every medal. Like we were at least in the championship game every time we we showed up. That's right. And as you said about the teams, like it was the players are never the issue, right? It's, it's sort of what we talk about racism. Racism is learned. It's a learned behavior. Like I understand being afraid of change, but racism is a learned behavior. And right. you can see the teams cheering each other on because that's what you got to know these players. Like you might have played this team and like got a good relationship with them or there's a team that that tournament that's just awful and everybody hates them. And yeah. you're all rooting actively against that team. Yeah, the, you really come together as players. It is always right, right. the adults the that adults, change it's the, the adults narrative. That screw it up because I mean, like for example, the summer the summer league stuff. Like we were great. We were real close to like Muhlenberg's kids because we 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 would play with them in the summer leagues, and then they would go play for their school and district during the school year or whatever. But like you build those relationships with kids you would never have built them for, and that's same thing with tennis. Like for me, it was just I I played and coached with all these kids, and we would go play in the county, and you go up against someone that you've played all all the time, and you would joke like it became fun. Yeah, yeah, it it makes it way more fun when you play against your friends Mm -hmm. i think instead of some random kid i think that's always way more fun no matter how competitive it gets because you feel a little more comfortable with that person so that's the positive aspect obviously it's the it's the people on the outside that that quote unquote usually brings the negative yeah well as we were talking with uh malice in the palace and speaking of you know sports in like high school setting right you know many people have a preference for amateur sports uh generally scholastic sports like reading has a huge basketball like presence right especially now after lonnie um which takes 
I'm not even going to get into it. That's a different conversation. Uh, so a lot of people have preference for amateur sports versus professional sports. What is your preference and why? To be completely honest, I prefer professional sports, oh, yeah. I found. And it's not something I really thought about, really, until this question, really. But uh, I like professional sports because it's literally the best version of it. Um, people talk about cultures of professional sports because they got their money, they're getting, they're lazy, this, 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 that, and the third. The, the, the fact of the matter is they go through grueling seasons and all of, all of this stuff and they need to do what they need to do to get through because it is a job for them at the end of the day. But there's like that product is still way better to watch than anything else. Um, basketball that's the big one for me people love college basketball right like some place and and a lot of that has to do sometimes with you don't have a professional team mm -hmm. in your state or the professional team in your state in the sense of like carolina for example sucks all the time <laughs> so the horn? you care more about oh i have we have two colleges in north carolina like 20 minutes from each other that are like always fighting for national championships we care more about college basketball than the nba but at the same time it's like you go to one of those games and the atmosphere might be amazing and you know from from that standpoint but like the basketball on the court they they would get they would get run off the court by like the worst nba team right every single time that's like uh penn state football right yeah. An amazing experience. But once again, I'd if, rather see yeah. like, I'd rather go see the even, even Georgia who just won the national championship. They run up against some, you know, seller team, the Texans or something. They probably lose. Right. And it's just different. The skill level is different. The, you know, the speed of the game is different. And so I would rather watch the best level. Don't get me wrong. I still like watching some college sports, but like I'd rather watch the best level than some mediocre version where the best are playing some team of with way inferior talent, never going to make the professional level, and mm -hmm. they're just beating up on them. And that's why it looks good is because they're playing. You're scoring more. You're, yeah, you know, I'd rather watch the best go up against each other. Exactly, because you know you're seeing maybe the shining star of one team just like absolutely like just dunking on people. But then you realize that there's nobody of a defensive quality, like caliber right, because they'll go to that, that star will go to the NBA and they're just an average player. Right. 90% of the NBA were stars in college. Exactly. And they were even bigger stars in high school. So it's just like, uh, and, and speaking of Georgia, you know, uh, the, the, the player and, uh, I forget what the, um, there's another person in the car. They, they someone oh, ended yeah, up dying. Yeah, yeah, I saw um, that, but yeah. I you know we have an episode that's going to come out then after this about like uh, name, image, and likeness, and that whole thing that's working out. And uh, that I think that's that's an important reason to have that discussion because we talk about you know they get the full ride, they get all of this other stuff, but people putting like livelihood out there. No, no, this wasn't something that happened on a field or anything like that. Not sports related, but they were. But it is sports related because of going from function to function or, or whatever was happening. And so it is like that whole mentality of tomorrow is not promised. And while, yeah, you're getting this education, but, you know, how how can you help out your own family too? 
with all yeah. this fame and notoriety that you have? Like, how how does this work uh, going forward? And how I shouldn't have to wait through high school, throughout college to potentially get somewhere. And although I could have been making money all, all this time, now I'm finally positioning myself to help my family out. Yeah. Uh, but it's not what this conversation is about. We're going to move on to the next question. Um, yes, let's move on. I, I Also, to piggyback, I do prefer professional as well. It's just how it is. So. My point was so good, I totally had to, <laughs> you just had to piggyback. Just like General Tutty. So looking, again, at high school to college professional sports, you know, one of the reasons I like professional sports is because that like matured body, right? You're, you're strengthening and conditioning and everything. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Matured body. Uh, But you, you have more access to all these like strength and conditioning and you just see players at their peak ability, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just going for it. But with with that, with such a stark difference in um, abilities, sometimes or just pure strength, performing enhancing drugs come into like play, and so sometimes you're seeing leagues where everyone's like juice. You're seeing an era of sports where people are just juicing or doing something that ends up being illegal or like looked at differently at some time. So while amateur sports sometimes aren't as fun in that capacity, you know, maybe there's something to be said about players not knocking the ball out of like hitting a home run every time they go up to bat because you get to see defense. Yeah. Uh, I think it goes back to that more of the question of the integrity of the game, maybe in, in the sense of PEDs. Uh, I feel like there's two classes of PED users in my mind, which is, you know, the people that, just did it because they were sucking mm-hmm. or they weren't good enough and they just wanted to get that ed- that extra edge. Right. And obviously baseball is the main example here because cheating in baseball is, I don't know, go listen to our episode on cheating in baseball. <laughs> oh, about the, the Astros? History, yeah. <laughs> the history of cheating in baseball is just, it goes hand in hand, cheating in baseball. Well, isn't sign stealing just part of baseball? I mean, it is, but not when you use like a fucking iPad, <laughs> iPad and a and a fucking quadcopter or a trash can, to fi- or tr- yeah, <laughs> or something a little more. It's an off speed pitch, <laughs> <laughs> but that would have been legal if they didn't use the trash can and the camera feed. You know all of that, but I digress. If you're like someone, I feel like Mark McGuire is a perfect example of someone who Mark McGuire, maybe Jose Canseco people that just did it early on, maybe because they weren't as good Hmm. or they were good when they were young and then they're starting to taper off just a bit. This is going to give them the advantage to prolong their prime with no, you know, starting the landscape, basically like the, uh, the pioneers of PEDs. Uh, I think you also look at it with with all those players that are doing it as as somebody who is just almost with them without the enhance like the performance enhancing drug and you're watching this whole league everybody like buying stuff from what was it the pirates um, mascot was selling stuff to players at one point for I thought that I thought that was cocaine oh it might have been both (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, I mean, and cocaine has to give you an edge up at the plate. <laughs> You're going to be seeing something. <laughs> the, the, the quick twitch muscles are just... Here, quick hands, quick hands. They're, they're, they're quicken. <laughs> that quick twitch is quicken. Wait, like, how, how do you try to like stay in this league stay relevant and you're seeing every person doing well, so this. that's that's why i said two classes because yeah. the first guys would be like sosa mcguire like jose canseco like these dudes who were just dirty yeah and then you would have like some of the guys afterwards who were just like man like i'm gonna be out of this league <laughs> if i don't, I do don't keep up with these guys right. And I see that they're doing it. Everyone knew they were doing it. The MLB knew they were doing it. They didn't care because the product was great, popular. <laughs> yeah. And so there's guys who dabbled in it or at least thought about dabbling in it because they felt like they needed to do it just to keep up. And, you know, once again, it goes back to this is a job for them. They're people, too. They have families. They're, they need to be able to provide for them. And if they're going to be out of the league and three years because they couldn't keep up with all the PED users. Well, what do you think they're going to do? And is that really so bad of them to do it? That's where the, you or, have to deal with the system. And when, as we look at humanity of things, it's, it's again, looking at the organizations, the, the organization as a whole, who's running this, who's profiting off of these people. It, it's easier for us to be like, well, LeBron's making a lot of money. Like we'll just call him out on everything versus saying like, but who owns this team? If LeBron's making that amount of money, yeah, the guy what is that? Yeah. He's paying him. Yeah. People don't understand that. And that that's a whole other conversation. I feel like we've had on this show many times about the fact that, you know, I just want listeners to, to it. get it. You just got to <laughs> understand this point. <laughs> But like, once again, it's it's just like any other business. You know what I mean? You Sure, people might be making a lot of money compared to the average person. Mm -hmm. But once again, the control right. of it. And so these are the, people, the same people that are allowing this to happen. So right. you, you, you look at these PED users back in like these certain periods and these pockets of time. And you're just like, I can't like this is so dirty. How could they do this? Blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, no, this doesn't happen without it being no like so much is happening around a sport it, right. it's hard to be like oh that organization had no clue this becomes so shocking for yeah, us to find exactly. out that half of our roster was using yeah and and that's just and that and that's we're just talking about injections we're not talking about all the other things in sport in uh, mlb at least that yeah. that contributed to um, cheating and but just to take it out so we've talked about really basketball we've talked about football in, in some capacity but even a sport like tennis this, this comes into play where you see the it's not necessarily even someone trying to keep up or it's all hearsay at this point too or what i'm about to talk about it's not someone necessarily trying to keep up or gain a competitive edge but it's uh, sharapova when she got suspended for a couple of years i think it was or whatever yeah but, she did yeah. you know uh dick pound made this a uh, judgment call on to me no, so, like how are we supposed no, to take no, someone no, no. hold on <laughs> This guy's name is not Dick Pound. It was Dick Pound. It was 100% Dick Pound. The guy that ended up making the ruling for well, Sheriff over to Dick Pound. He sounds like a jerk off to me, right? And <laughs> he was basically the person that made the ultimate decision that like she was going to be like barred from the sport for a while. And what Dick happened Pound. what happened with her, she got found to have this performing enhancing drug in her for the sport. However, she was taking something from her doctor to help X, Y, and Z under a different it, name. 
it's not it wasn't even a perform it was a it was a band substance right, right? a band substance could have been I guess it's performance enhancing, but there's levels to everything, right? right? But it was, it was under a different name. It wasn't like, so when she said like, hey, what am I taking? These are the things I am taking. She looks at like her and her coaches look at the list of all these things. It doesn't fall underneath that. So you think, oh, I'm fine. Fine. Ends up being caught, tested, whatever, at a point in her career where she was, again, almost tapering off. Right. So it, one, it looks kind of it looks suspicious at that point. Right. And then, you know, but the humanity. So going to the humanity of things, you had a lot of sports fans who were either on the one side of just like, oh, like she should be allowed to play. Now she knows whatever this wasn't. This doesn't seem like it was a really like dirty thing to do. Yeah. And then there's people on the other side who are just like, get rid of her, blah, 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 like, and all this other stuff. And the humanity, it, this is her livelihood. This is how she's making her money. Yeah, at that point, she probably had a lot of sponsorships and all these other things. That, probably. Like, yeah, did. At that, I was saying. She, she was like, I don't know, she was being compared to Serena, even though the, the record didn't show. Yeah, no, no, no. That, <laughs> that's that's a horrible. Ri- it's a, a rival. It's un- a rivalry only. It was an only unrivaled by, rivalry. Yeah, it was an unrivaled rivalry. The actual part that makes it should make it a rivalry Didn't was exist. not a rivalry but it it was at a point where you got to it was like thinking about nadal and federer during the last time of like federer's go if, if federer didn't get the chance to play these last two years if it wasn't an injury type of yeah. thing like imagine that being just pulled out underneath the blanket it's not even like saying oh sharapova should get the benefit of the doubt for this and because she is this great player uh, that's why she should have preferential treatment. It just looking at it objectively was just like, this seems like a general fuck up. Keep an eye on it. Have her maybe have to test a little more. Yeah, but but that but that a career would, that would be too too much work. But, yeah. the, you, but you could just you could just ban her on the same side. So we have to talk about like gender equality and capacity too here because then you have Djokovic. And all the shit he's been doing with like COVID. Novax Djokovic. Novax. Like that I think that's absolute bullshit though. Like he le- legitimately like lied to the Australian Open at one point or just like omitted like some truth. So okay. What did so what did he say? Because what I what I was reading on this was that actually so he 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 basically he did kind of do a little bit of uh, Brett Favre. No, who was it? Who did that? No, Aaron Rodgers. Who did it? <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers, where he was like, "I'm immunized." Yeah, he kind of did that little thing, but like, okay, he had it previously, like r- briefly, and but but it was his fault because he was being stupid about it that he mm-hmm. got it in the first place, and he was still out in public and around. So yeah, he ran a so, whole tournament. Yeah, he ran a whole tournament while it was going everybody, on. Everybody got, there every, got COVID. Everyone got COVID because, of course, they did. And then, uh, so from an optic standpoint, he was already in the hole. And then the he was, like, petitioning the Australian Open or government for, uh, like, a uh, medical exemption because mm-hmm. he had it within the last so many months. And that was part of the exemptions. And... They told him yes, so he got on the plane and went to Australia. When he got, by the time he went up into the sky, 
you have no service you don't know what's going on by the time he landed he it was a no right. so it just changed all of a sudden and only because of the backlash so on one hand i feel like but it was mismanaged you, but both why do ways. you give him the yes Ex- why do you give him but the that, yes? that's that's what i'm talking about this like gender equality type of thing too right it that that's the element there. He gets this pass. Was he's Dick almost, Pound about in this? In this? <laughs> he, I'm sure he was uh, poking around. <laughs> but that that's what bothered me about that whole situation. And um, like uh, that's fair. And, and just thinking about stuff too, like what Djokovic has become easily one of like what started as one of my favorite players to one of my least favorite people oh, to I like, I, I enjoyed him. He was scrappy. He was a good player. He, he, he hustled and like as was much moving. as, as much as I just like was trying to be objective in that and uh, defending him right. kind of, I don't like him at all. I, but so for me too, then it was his new, like, maybe I have to read up on it more, but his new take on stuff is like, we're, we're creating a different league than the, like ATP or whatever. Like w- w- where we're representing. Have you not read any of this? This is, this is why I don't like him though. For he, this type of But shit. there's like a whole bunch of players that he's drawn into this like anti ATP thing. It's like for a sport that you as an individual have a lot more government, government over like what happens. Yeah. Anyway, because in you're terms essentially a, you're, you're essentially your own team in a right. sense, right? And so th- th- they're trying to break away from this thing. And that's why I was trying originally to find this uh, this factual information on Arthur Ashe and how the um, professional amateur like circuit and how people get paid. And there's still an issue with, again, NILs and like collegiate players not being able to like really take if, – if a college player is in a U.S. Open, they don't make money. Right. Yeah, you can't. If you, you're playing for a college team, you you're not making money. money. You can't make money. So you could go and win, you could be Coco Golf, win a tournament before you even get into college, or yeah. like go up against like Serena and beat her or something like that. Right. Well, yeah. Tune into our next episode about NIL to learn how that bullshit happens because it is very, very true. Because Coco Golf had to give up her rights to be a collegiate player to enter these tournaments. As young as she did, right? So she, you have to choose that early. Yeah. So it's like give that up, give that up. Potentially not have the snuff to make it, not have yeah, like because you don't and know college could turn right? you around. Yeah, exactly. But you have forfeited that. for free too, essentially. And so that's where like the that that's another thing that like gets me upset. Like there's that element that still isn't right. You're playing with but that like for for a lot of players early on that were playing opens and stuff like that. The, the way it was structured, you weren't making money. You were getting like twenty dollars exactly. a day to be in these tournaments, and you couldn't make money off of that. But Arthur Ashe and like Rod Laver and all of them really fought to change and push it to a league that it's is now. Now there's still gender inequalities with how much this team, like this yeah. circuit, makes versus this circuit makes, but it is a lot better than it was prior. And I don't think, like in my opinion, Djokovic doesn't have that much of a, like a standing point to be like, oh, this is why we're like creating this whole other other thing and he's given a bunch of bullshit like wishy-washy or double standard um remarks in terms of how things are represented i would say i would say djokovic is he may be one of the greatest players ever but these types of things aren't handled always by the greatest players on the court on the field it's more about the people that are 
off, doing the work off the field too, mm-hmm. off the court. And cer- certainly they have to be good enough to have the recognition and sway to make those right. changes like Arthur Ashe was or LeBron or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, yeah. players like that. But the fact of the matter is, I think Djokovic off the court is a piece of shit. It's just awful. And so I don't think he has any leverage to make these like humanitarian <laughs> changes and and the humanitarian changes are really like it's really coming down to anti-vax versus that's it's vax. literally it's it, literally that it's a byproduct of that and so i really don't care yeah about so, what novax is doing and just to put a cap on the like jimmy cap um dick pound dick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um just to like wrap up the tennis like talk in this in in this would be um when you when you would look at Djokovic and who he is like he he almost has like a personality wrapped around being this fun loving joker right the joker um however yeah however when you think about it versus him and then versus Nick uh Kyrgios who's just an asshole but he 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 like leans into it like yeah I'm an asshole I feel he's yeah he's an asshole but like he doesn't try to pretend he doesn't pretend that's and, what Djokovic that's a problem does. for tennis in general that is that's why that's part of the reason but at the same time this is the race element yeah. johnny mack becomes johnny mack jimmy was, connors was, becomes two of the greatest of those, people to yeah. watch because of their temperament exactly yeah exactly and and i don't think nick is as temp i think he's right in that level i don't oh think he's him more, throwing the chairs and i don't think like he's that. more he's not more, he's more he's not worse he's than in that level he's 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 on par he's hit the same level yeah. as Johnny Mac, but and unfortunately, the the thing is, those guys won big tournaments. So right now, the people who don't like Nick Kyrgios for other reasons just cop out by saying, "Oh, well, you know, he hasn't won big, so his temperament's the issue." When really, it's that's not really the thing. But uh, but once again, that co- that kind of goes back into it, right? Because it's like, how are we? Why is why, from a tennis standpoint, why can't we just express ourselves? I mean, we've we've complained about this numerous times, but I guess tennis is the perfect example of a sport where the fans expect robots on the court on the just play the game. It doesn't it doesn't even matter who the people are. Like it, they say it does, but only for the play. Like Nadal is a robot on the court. Oh, so much and so that everything has to be facing the same way. And and the, doom, and the doom, bottles, doom. they have to the, be at the perfect right. alignment. Him with smelling the sun his asshole every single he, time he goes to yeah, serve. He, he apparently doesn't wipe his ass properly. Uh, he's always scratching that thing. He's always it, scratching that it's thing. Ear, he goes over, ear, ear. Let me ear, dig in my ass. A little which bit made sense smell. when he when he had the long hair. That made sense to do that. But then he's balding. But now he's yeah. Now he's balding. But he still does it. He just needs. I'm surprised he didn't go the Agassi route and like just get a toupee. Just, just come home. Oh wait, <laughs> Agassi had fake hair because he was all on all the drugs and shit like that. Yeah, but but Ag, but Agassi was like famous for his hair, so I could kind of see. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, why is Nadal yeah. trying to hold? Uh, ah, it's neither here nor there. He's we a robot. About, yeah, we have time for like one last question or one last like discussion point, and um, I think this is the most important one with everything that happened. Uh, our last live prior to recording this was the DeMar Hamlin conversation. Yes. So like when is it time to say enough is enough when it comes to the danger of a sport? We're seeing football being a harder and harder thing to to coach and do with, 
younger players because of concussions and, and the protocol and everything that's happening to young minds and everything. Is there ever a time where we say, you know what, we had a good run with the sport, but like, it's not, we, you can still play. It's just not something that we're going to do as a scholastic thing, as a collegiate level thing, as a professional level thing. I'm going to defer to you on this one first. So one of the things I saw when grappling with this conversation and this topic, it, we saw the DeMar Hamlin thing, like, what would it actually take to, if, if he would have died, which he technically did a couple times. Yeah. How would we react as an NFL organization? Do the playoffs get played? They probably would. They'd probably do it in honor of him like they're kind of doing anyways. Uh, but how do you look at the next year then? Or, you know, there was a specific play that I mentioned in hockey where near the goal, everyone like knocked into it and then a goalie's throat was sliced open. You see the blood coming out. Thank God there was the trainer to like pinch the the artery and everything. But it's when do you say, okay, cool. If we can't regulate certain things to a point that is safe, we we can't do this like in good conscience. Now it's rare enough, I guess. But if these things were to happen more often, would you think they would stop? No. No. Money. Maybe money, but well, no. Money is why they wouldn't stop. But I don't think I don't think you should stop for many reasons. One, like the Demar Hamlin situation was absolutely terrible, and oh. but it could have happened at, at, in a different sport too. Even um, it could have happened, and I think football definitely increases the likelihood that it happens. Right, but. Unfortunately, like it was fortunately it was such it's such a rare thing uh that it's not something that would inherently endanger people's lives normally mm -hmm. and so there's an inherent risk you take by taking any occupation like if we think risk, back like risk reward honestly yeah, like why is coal mining not as prevalent anymore the reward it's wasn't absolutely there. not because it's a dangerous fucking it's job profitable. it's just yeah it's not prof it's not as profitable anymore because environmental regulations now it's a danger to the world that's that's why it comes down and other alternative fuels come up so it's not because of employee safety and you take an inherent risk when you when you sign up for the job and while that sounds very you know uh inhumane i guess i think you listen to any player and they understand what the dangers are and i think as long as you know what the dangers are and you can make an informed decision for yourself if they're paying the kind of money that they're going to be paying you know, you take you 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 weigh the risks, you rate you weigh the rewards, and you take you know you take the risk. Right. So when I when we were originally having this conversation on the live, I I think my mindset was getting to a point where you could say, okay, this is the the cutting point. This is where you decide this is no longer the thing. But I think it's the risk reward, right? It's you know, as you said about coal mining or whatever it wasn't it wasn't a profitable thing but like it's still the risk reward right it's like how much 
risk are you taking in to make this money? And it does not right. be a profitable. Circumstances no count. There's, right. there's a lot of things that go into So it. with, again, there's a lot of jobs that there's risk reward to. I think firefighters a lot of time have a very interesting structure on like how much you make versus how much you're actually like on or what, what that environment's like. Like there's a lot of downtime and those things, you know, there's volunteering and there's other things that you can do with your community right. and, and all these long hours and stuff. But at the same time, there is a reward to it, but that reward is also like balanced out by the risk of literally running into fire. This is, this is true. You could actually be on fire. Right. Which you don't have in the NFL, but you have something like what happened to Demar being right. a very real possibility. The thing it that is. happened to like Shazier, the very I, real. I was, say, I was saying like, sure, maybe life or death isn't normally the the instant life or death isn't normally the the issue, but I I would I would argue that the head trauma, the arthritis that probably kicks in from some of these joint injuries, like all that type of stuff shortens the life and for some you know tremendously shortens the life with, with when it t- when you talk about the head injuries yeah I, I even had to think about just like quality of life i i didn't play a lot of football growing up my mom was very against it yeah but the one time you did <laughs> the one time i did i get hit in the back of my knee and tear a ligament in my freaking knee and it, it it's with me to this day right yeah, that's why I you can't, can't dunk. Consistently. Just take <laughs> They deserved it. The 12-year-olds <laughs> deserved to get dunked on. Um, edit that out. <laughs> Don't edit that out. <laughs> I'm saying it for me. <laughs> Tyler, don't edit <laughs> But uh the, yeah, it's risk versus reward because at the same time you you put in this you don't you don't know how far you can get with the sport until right. you play it. And so you, you get into peewee, you know, a pony, you, you get into middle school, high school, you miraculously get into college and then even more miraculously get into the NFL. That is more money than you're going to see from a lot of jobs. And you, you have a lot more opportunity right. based off of your skill set on the field that allows you the opportunity to learn more and build skill sets. And that's why you see players leave as soon as they can to get money. So because, well, now I have the money to pay this thing. I don't care about Absolutely. the scholarship. I have the money in case I ever got hurt to come back and play. Absolutely. NIL's next episode. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I, I, de- I definitely have to agree. Wrapping this point up, it's uh, risk reward. Yeah, one more quick thing to piggyback off of that, though, <laughs> since we're here. Tutty. Tutty. General Tutty. <laughs> I know we're hogging up the screen time. Um, but the, I think there is a point where uh, a sport could be outlawed feasibly. Uh, I think it would take it would take great societal change in an aspect uh, to outlaw a sport because I think Sports back in ancient times were, you know, bloodbaths, right? Now, what do you mean? This is a very very extreme example, but like you think of the Colosseum, gladiators, that type of Mm -hmm. deal, or uh, that game the Mayans played that's eerily similar to basketball with the ring on the wall. Yeah, but no hands. The losers literally were executed. But I don't think you use hands for that. That's that's not the point, Tyler. I watched the Rodell Dorado. I know what we're talking about. Anyway, 
the important point is that what's the important part Chris? Yeah, we can't get through this the important the important part is that clearly at some point we as a society decided that death is not okay from a sporting event and and it's not just death for entertainment isn't okay so we outlawed those types of things and so i could see feasibly see in the distant future where there are certain aspects where we say okay maybe maybe this potentially can't be a sport anymore maybe i personally don't think it could happen because i think it's tame enough that it would be okay for society forever but there is a point where there is theoretically a point where a sport could go too far and eventually kind of be outlawed by society because i want to wrap this up my my only only thing is always that wariness of like you know if you don't pay attention to history, like that doomed to repeat it sort of thing. And I think a lot of things are secular in a, in a, in a sense where you, you end up repeating some stuff. I am worried that at one point our humanity might suffer enough to have a sport that is lethal. <laughs> no way to sugarcoat that come back into popularity. I think we've watched, all watched the movie or I like movies and know enough of the premises that you go into the future, like almost a, maybe it's not dystopian, but damn near close where the economy collapses or something happens and there's a huge restructuring of things. Okay. Well that, I and mean, it comes that's, that's, that's it, different it, though. It, it's just huge, but it's, it's a possibility, you know, the way that it we is, treat this is, world it is a possibility, but I'm thinking of like in the frame of if this is our, our current, society. Yeah. Society. Yeah. This that, is our society. That was my only like little thing that popped in the back of my head. I was like, Oh, this could happen again. I guess you, I think you're right though. Like that society, like Rome, collapsed and then the new society came along and built their own ideals and and values or whatever so if this were to happen in any or either direction where they got better or worse for the participants would it would have to be a societal collapse. so we'll just look at it like collapse. a tug of war it's tugging this way yeah and then it depends. but somebody might just pick up the string and yeah. trump and trump and trump the other side <laughs> on that note i think we're going to wrap it up uh as we discussed today humanity of sports is complex and nuanced uh, we've explored the ideas of internal and external values of sports and how they play a role in uh determining what is ethical in sports All right and we've seen how the distinction between like athletic excellence and questions of justice can inform debates and issues like the use of violence in sports and gender and racial uh, equity in sports, uh, whether it be like just the money that could be made off of violence on the field. If you look at football in, in that capacity. Right. And uh, it's important once again, to remember that while preserving the integrity of sports is uh, sports, primary skill is important. Um, it shouldn't come at the expense of justice for athletes, uh, safety of athletes, humanity of the athletes regardless of gender race or ethnicity 
Right. And as always, it's important to continue the conversations and keep these issues at the forefront of our minds as we continue to enjoy and participate in sports. So until next time. Peace. That's right. <laughs>